guys, welcome to Conversations in the Car with Yo Girl Tixie. Um, yeah, so it's been a while. I feel like in every recording I do say it's been a while, but it was. Uh, because life is happening. But you know what? We live in the world. But today is such a fantastic day in the sense that I am with a special person, one of the most special people in my life. And I'm just, I'm just happy. I'm just happy that uh, he is joining us today. And I'm like, I would always, I'll always say this. I'm very blessed and fortunate. Amazing at heart, honestly. And yeah, so you know how this goes. I'm gonna tell you how I met this lovely person of mine. So. <laughs> This boy, man, even like I said, boy, he a man. Imagine we went to the same church, well, my previous church, we went to the, the same church for like years. Mind you, I didn't know he was my cousin, but <laughs> mind you, I just saw him as that guy who loved God wholeheartedly. Whole devotion. And I'm like, wow. Okay. And then like you just move on with life because you just I just knew him as that guy. But I never I just I just feel like maybe God didn't want us to meet then. I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. But we've been in the same environment since when did you come? When did you join your neighbor by um <laughs> I'm kidding, I think around 2002 or 3 somewhere there. Were you in the 69? I was. You were? I was. I was also in the 69 yeah, church, but I came. I was I came. in Pinto 5 first, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. I came, I think I was 7 when I came. Yeah, I was 7 when I came. So, Haralo, we basically grew up together, but... <laughs> we did not know. And funny enough, guys, fun fact about Botswana. Everybody knows each other. Don't even True. be surprised that y'all are relatives. Yeah. Don't, don't, yeah, just don't. <laughs> so, yeah, so my lovely guest joining us today is Tuo. Hey. Hi, Tuo. Hi, Titi. How are you doing? I'm good, thank I you. I am so Ali. excited. I am I'm literally really, really, really like, yeah! I'm, I'm jumping over I'm, the <laughs> And it's funny how we've been trying to meet up for the past, uh, is it a month? Three <clears> weeks? <throat> Three months? Three months it's been. Yeah. Oh, you see, when I say that adulting really takes you by your yeah, clothes, huh? it yeah, just yeah. grabs you and then <sighs> it is what it is, ain't it? We're still here. We're still here. So, my lovely cousin, enjoy, like, what am I saying? Gotta enjoy. My lovely cousin, please introduce yourself. Because I've already done like the short introduction of how we met. But yeah, just introduce. Awesome, awesome stuff. Yeah. Well, hi guys. My name is Tuo. I'm a young strapling chap. Uh, <laughs> and I'm this fair, beautiful lady's cousin. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, what can I say? Just a simple guy with a heart for people heart for jesus and a heart to see my world changed for the better mm. although professionally i am an engineer 
Yeah. Very interesting to say the least. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I am also a writer, a speaker, and also uh in rare occasions I actually do write music as well. When I'm telling you and poetry. It believe it or in not. The family, hey? Yeah. My my uncle is a great singer. Wow. He has this amazing bass voice and my cousin too. Uh, yeah. From Moshopa, by the way. Our side of the family. Yeah, well my I mean I may not have the voice to sing, mm. but I do have the mind to write. Wow, I did not know that. Yeah. Interesting That's amazing. fun facts, eh? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay, yes. Other yeah. fun fact. Um well, they'll come out as we keep on talking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. So, today we're going to talk about uh, the sifting season, right? Yeah. Sifting season is a very interesting season in, in the sense that I think we all know what a sift is. Yeah. That, that instrument that you use to separate uh, the flower here to make it fine, right? Mm, yeah, mm-hmm. separating the wheat from the chaff. Uh-huh, the wheat from the chaff, I get it. To make the baking goods taste amazing, anyway. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that analogy, it's applied to our lives in the sense that God makes us go through that process yeah. where He removes everything that needs to be removed mm-hmm. so that you can become like yeah, the fine flower exactly. that you are, right? So. Uh, Tua will be gracing us with his uh, knowledge and wisdom through. I'm talking about your nether sifting season. So, in a nutshell, explain what it is. All right. So, um, well, this ideology was born from the time when Jesus was talking to Peter. And he says, Peter, Peter, he was on his way to the cross, just about to get crucified. He says, Peter, Peter, uh, the devil's asked for you. He's asked for you so that he may sift you like wheat. Mm -hmm. But I've prayed for you so that when you come back, you may strengthen the brethren. So a sifting season is something that anyone who's got a purpose, a vision, a mission in life is going to go through. All right. None of us can avoid it. We're all going to go through a season of refining and perfection. It's a very unpleasant time in your life extremely unpleasant because even you don't understand what you're doing and why you're doing it you don't like it but you're still doing it well others do like it i mean but if you have a conscience and your conscience How is do not you seared, like it though if your conscience is seared you will definitely like it you know what i'm saying mm, okay mm. all right plus things of the flesh are enjoyable to people who like the things of the flesh yeah. you know mm. sifting season but you know, the guarantee with the sifting season is there is hope for you to come back. But only Jesus can pull you back from that. So maybe let's try to break down what a sifting season is and why we call it a sifting season in the first place. So, you know, as, 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 as a general consensus, we know that we're all humans. We are spirits who have a soul and live in a body, right? So your soul also has components to it. Your spirit has its ways of operation. And your flesh also has, your body also has its components. Your body's got its senses, you know, smell, touch, taste, sight, hearing. 
you've got your feelings, you've got your emotions, you've got your will, you've got your intellect, you've got your mind, right? And these are the things you view life with. And if you're fortunate, you even have a sixth sense. Everyone's got a different sixth sense if they do have one. Mm. Uh, shout out to all the musicians. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the songwriters. And the so- yeah, yeah mm-hmm. those poor oh, artistic people. Yeah. Bless their darling souls. Mm. Right. So now, a season of sifting is born from... You were one way. A cataclysmic event happens. You find yourself another way. On the opposite end of the spectrum... It's something totally not like you. You didn't think you'd ever be doing that. And you probably wish you could go back to the way you were before. And you're like, hey, if the me five years ago was to see me now, I don't think they'd like me very much. Mm. You'd be like, what's your problem? Mm. And you know, one of the things is you will always be tested on what you say. If you said, in my life, I will never drink. Oh, the universe <laughs> will arrange opportunities. Yeah, and put you in and situations. And put you in situations. Yeah. That, and we'll see. Will you really though? Hmm. Okay, maybe at the time you say, your convictions are firm, your strength is great. And my God, God is helping you. And you're managing. And you go through it and... Uh, You don't drink, you don't smoke, you don't do all those things. You don't do that thing. It doesn't necessarily have to be a sin. It just has to be something that you said with your principles, I won't do this, right? It could be that, uh, for example, I'll give you a simple example. Maybe you were an avid reader. Mm. We just use reading. Maybe you're an avid reader. I mean, you would read a book a week. We'll use that just for safety. A book a week. Every week you're reading a new book. In a month you've read four books minimum. And you, at this point, in t- you don't see your life without reading. You can't imagine a future where you're not reading a book a week. It sounds so strange. And you see people who don't read, you're like, what's your problem? Why are you not reading? Mm. You know? Mm. And And, you know, but then... Eventually, as time goes on, because time is the greatest test of all things. And one of our greatest weaknesses as humans is consistency. Yep, you can say that again. Because <laughs> it's my greatest weakness. <laughs> it's a wow. But anyway, yeah, continue. Yeah. Oh, you're not alone. There, I'm not know? even alone. I know everybody can even testify to this because, yeah. hey, yeah, but I'm learning. You live and you learn. I you get live it. and you learn. Yeah. You live and you learn and we grow out of it all. Yeah. So, it's consistency. So, you may be consistent maybe for the first five years, you know. Interestingly enough, life has seasons, right? So, in one season, you're all the way at the top. I mean, you've got a few bumps and hicks in the road, but that's fine. I mean, you've got your principles all straight out. Can you imagine a time in your life where there was one certain thing you were always doing and you couldn't imagine a time when you were not doing it? Mm. Don't worry, the time will come. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a curse. It's just the reality of life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, And there's nothing wrong with that, truth be told. It's okay. 
just go through it. You'll get out of it eventually and you'll mature. It's funny how you say that you'll, you'll come out of it eventually, but um, there are people who have difficulty in that. You know, um, like you said, uh, you have a certain belief mm-hmm. and then you do something contrary to that belief and then you find yourself stuck in it and then you're constantly stuck in this loop. Yeah, just blaming yourself, you know what I mean? Because, you know, you can be your own, like, toughest critic, right? It's very easy for you to be mean to yourself than to be kind because the world has taught us to think that way, right? And unfortunately, people, it's wired. Let me not say people, but it's wired into our minds. And then we have to unlearn so that we learn to be kind to ourselves, right? Yeah, true, true. Well, first things first, based on what you're saying, because... Uh, first things first, acknowledge it. Yeah. And if the way you acknowledge it is by beating yourself up, acknowledge it. If the way you acknowledge it is by blaming others, acknowledge it. First thing, you need to realize where you're at, mm. right? Because before you deal with a problem, you need to know that the problem exists. You need to know that this thing, this is the situation. Okay, write it down, draw it, whatever, however you get your things across to you. Just but be you need aware to, of yeah, it. Yeah, you need to be aware of it. Okay, hey, if it was not for my mother, <laughs> I wouldn't have studied commerce. Ah. <laughs> okay, now we know what the problem is. You studied commerce. Mm. Not that studying commerce is a problem. Shout out to all you who do commerce and business. That's amazing. But it wasn't what you wanted. Okay, yes. Yeah. So now you can take, you, you've written that down or you've drawn it. You've drawn your mother holding a big stick. You must become this. Oh, whatever. That's okay. You've, you, note what, you noted what your challenge is. So and then you sit down with it. Okay, for starters, huh. I don't like the subject I'm doing, uh, so I've ended up in the wrong career path. Okay, I'm doing commerce, but I really, really wanted to be an accountant. And you know, most times the things you are led to are not really that far off um, transferable skill-wise compared to what you really wanted to do. Uh, the transferable skills are still applicable, unless, of course, you wanted to do music and you found yourself doing... Engineering. <laughs> Depends on what kind of engineering. Oh, though. okay. Not not sound engineering. Yeah. Yeah, but civil. <laughs> okay, that's uh oh, my very goodness. opposite. Yeah. Um, but that happens, yes. Mm. That it's not that common. Mm. So you've got you've got that. You found out what your problem is. So first things first, okay, what can I do to salvage the situation? How did I end up in this situation? It's my mom's fault. Calm down. So before it became mama's fault, okay, mama is not the one who applied for you, you know? Hmm. She didn't apply for you. You are the one who signed the application papers. Mama was not in class with you. You could have changed your major in university and mama would have been none the wiser. So you are the one who decided to go through with it in the end, right? So why was it that it's mama's fault? Why, why, why did mama's voice have such a big, you know, impact in the direction you're yeah. taking in your life? Yeah. And also, like hypothetically speaking, 
uh, mama made you to do commerce. You enrolled for it. You did it for a few years. And then, like, you drop out along the way. And then you still blame your parents. Tua, help me understand this. Mm. Okay. Fine. The the problem is you're doing something you don't want to do. Okay. Right? Yeah, no, Okay, you made the decision to do it, even though you were provided the choice for you to change. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And then you drop out of school and then you still blame your mom. What I'm trying to say is the choices that you made led you to where you are. Yeah, yeah. Hypothetically speaking, what if mommy gave you money and then to go pay for school fees or something and then you don't like, you don't uh, pay it at school or you do whatever. You're basically whiling out. Yeah. Basically, right? Yeah, mm. acting out. I don't know, maybe because of anger or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. But I just feel like if, if, I th- maybe it's like part of the sifting season, but I yes, just feel. it is. It actually is. It is, right? Mm. But I don't even, like, it's just, I feel for the family in the sense that, age now they have to see this person or this person spiral out of control because mm-hmm. of the decisions that they're making. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Because yeah. there are decisions, there are decisions that you, that make, that lead to where your life is right now. Yes. And then you end up like beating yourself up, maybe self-hate or something, mm-hmm. or full of regrets because now you're old and you wasted so much time or s- stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And you, it's, it's just comfortable... You find comfort being in this victim mentality yeah. instead of actually owning up. Mm-hmm. Just because I know that many people, they find it very difficult to look themselves in the mirror. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because they don't want to confront mm. the, the, the wrong that they have done mm-hmm. in their lives. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But true. then like what you said in, this, in the sifting season, you need to be aware of what you are doing. If mm-hmm. you want to come out of it, yeah, you have true. to confront yourself. Mm-hmm. And you have to get to a place where you forgive yourself for the wrongs that you have done. Yes. And also forgive those who thought was best. Jack yeah. Mama who made you do like, your commerce. Who, yeah, to do commerce, yet you wanted to do accounting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just painful that as a young person you go through this and then you turn maybe like uh, 27 or 28 and it's already too late mm. but i just feel like it's not really too late in yeah. the it's really it's you're i don't like this whole late. concept of time of and you're feeling never like, old yeah never old you're and you're never, never too late old. and you're, you're never, never late. you can still achieve what you exactly. want to do exactly. maybe in a different avenue but mm. it will still be in line with what you want mm-hmm. to do mm-hmm. so why waste time punishing people because of what they have robbed from you and also you not being self-aware in the sense that okay Lena I contributed to this mess because people mm. don't want to look at the fact that they they yeah. actually were part yeah, yeah. of this mess mm. yeah you know um it's a painful place to be in and truth be told all of us have a victim mentality in some form or the other so, but one thing I keep on reiterating is, first and foremost, you need to get to that place where you acknowledge, okay, I'm here. I realize I'm, you need to be self-aware. I am here. I'm not anywhere else. I'm here. Mm. Let me give you an example. You know how, before we get on to the blame wagon, 
the blame bandwagon. You know how when you were young, your mom would tell you or your dad would tell you, no, you know what, uh, my child, don't, this music thing, get a degree first. Mm. Get a degree first. You know, at that point in time, it bothers you a lot. Mama, you don't understand my dreams. You're not supportive. And now at your current age, if a young person came to you and said, you know, I want to do music, I'm so passionate, what would you say to them? Are you not going to be like your mom or your dad and say, you know what? Maybe try to capitalize on getting something you can fall back on. So you end up realizing that most advice that people give especially older people, they've seen a lot, they've been through a lot, maybe not in their own lives, but they've seen it in their friends' lives. Yes, you're right. Yes, you are right. You are not their friends' children. You're not their friends. You are you. That's great. But life is life. Life doesn't care whether you are you or you are Shanini. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. The laws of life are the same, mm. you know. The laws of life are the same. And like we always say about the law, can't jump over it, you can't get underneath it, you can't go to the sides. Law is order. Law is order. And you can't avoid the laws. So what do you do then? Now, all of a sudden, if some kid comes to you, you're going to tell them, hey, relax, get your degree first. Mm. So you've become that parent who you were thinking is not being fair to me. Why? You've grown wiser. You've, you've experienced the test of time. So most times when they advise us, they're advising us from a place of, I've experienced the test of time. I think this is what may be good for you. They don't really take your your um, your dreams into consideration. They're not saying don't live out your dreams. They're saying for the sake of your dreams, do this. You know? Because in all fairness, you are never too late for your dreams. I'm not saying don't fight for what you want. What I'm saying is life is going to happen. And it happens to all of us. All of us are going to go through problems. You know why? Because it's the devil's job to give you a problem. He will not not give you a problem. Mm. Listen, even the greatest witch in the world is going through problems. <laughs> okay? Even the Pope has problems. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. All of us are going to have problems. It's part of life. But it's what you do with your problems that determines how far you're going to go. Every great person goes through a challenge, but every great person comes out of the challenge a winner. Mm. See, all of us are going to go through the challenge, but it's you who determines whether you're going to come out as a winner or as a loser. All of us are going to go through seasons of sifting. And, you know, uh, God loves us so much. That's the first thing. So seasons of sifting are meant to remove from you undesirable characteristics, undesirable portions of yourself that are not going to take you to your next level of destiny, right? That's why you had dreams when you're 13. Your dreams when you're 13 are not your dreams right now when you're 28. They're different. Why? You've stood the test of time. You've been buffeted by life. Your dreams when you're 13, there was nothing wrong with them. They were pure. And they were probably the best dreams ever. But now all of a sudden you've been struck by reality. You know, you've been through stuff. You've done things. And the painful thing about a sifting season is you look like Peter. You're filled with self-blame. You're filled with reproach. You're a victim. 
Jesus, why didn't you stop Satan? If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have denied you. Loyana Jesus, I told you, don't go to Jerusalem. You were refusing to listen. Now today I've denied you. Hmm. And you know, the thing about a sifting season is this. Peter really loved Jesus, eh? He loved Jesus more than anyone else out there. Peter was so in love. That's why you find Peter's mentioned a lot more than any other yeah. person in the stories of Jesus. Mm. Peter really loved Jesus. But a sifting season is so embarrassing in the sense that it will take the thing you love the most and it will pull you away from it. You know, maybe your sifting season might be your family. You really, really love your family. And you meet... Uh... <laughs> yeah. You meet Janice. You meet Janice, you know. You're in love with Janice. Your mother does not like Janice. Mm. Yeah? Okay, let's let's come to Botswana. You meet Tato. Oh, my Seho, or Witimelo, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And mommy does not like Witimelo and Maso. Why? Mommy has stood the test of time. She sees certain things you don't see. Mm. She won't tell you. Just the same way you won't tell a five-year-old kid why you're telling him to stay indoors and not go outside when dogs are barking in the middle of the night. Mm. You've seen certain things. You understand certain things. I'm not saying they're always correct. I'm saying, but they have seen certain things, you know? So, mommy does not like Maseho, but you are in love. My God, you're in love. Hey! And all your money is going to Maseho. Girlfriend allowance of 5K every month. But you live in your parents' house. 5K was like a... Maybe you work, eh? Remember, we're talking about... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, people have money and bots, eh? Yeah, they yeah, do. People have money. They just won't show you. You know, but... they won't. Yeah. People are loaded. Yeah. And you know, when you want to do stupid things, you always have money for it. Yeah. yeah I can testify. <laughs> Yeah. There's always money for stupid things. Mm. Yeah, but future building things, somehow the money's never really there. Mm. You know? Mm. Uh and you know your mom's like, I I feel like uh we really should avoid Maseho, my child. Uh Maseho is not the best person to be around and you don't understand it, mommy. I'm 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 twenty seven. I know what I'm doing. But you you was the model child all of a sudden. Uh, you know, you're fornicating. You've got Masoko pregnant. Masoko mm. Chenchi. She's not the girl you knew. Ah, Masoko Kante. Hurli. Ah, eh, Thomas. No. Mm-mm. No. She's, she's eaten your money. You've been giving her 5k every month for the last seven months. Mm. You know? Uh, you could have been renting out your own apartment. Could have put that as a down payment towards your car. You were supposed to pay for your professional course. You didn't, my girlfriend. And baby, girl. The, baby girl. Hey. You know, baby girls make guys go wild. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> baby girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and, you know, suddenly you realize, well, hang on a minute. You're used to sleeping with Maseho every day. Now Maseho's not giving the goods. Hmm. And you know, your relationship with your parents is messed up. You've moved out of home because they don't like your woman. 
So if you don't like my people, I'm going to keep my distance. Now all of a sudden, you know, you, you used to be such a model child. You're just the enemy of progress. You're fighting with your family. Tables have turned. Tables have turned. Mm. Your story's changed. Not because you're a bad person, but you know, mm. it's time for you to be refined. It's time for you to be refined. And you've done all these things you never thought you'd do. And suddenly, and you know how, you know, it's a sifting season. Because the thing that got you out in the first place will disappear, but leave a scar. Suddenly, you discover, hang on a minute, this girl is not pregnant with my child. She's pregnant with Patrick's child. Dun, 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 dun. Patrick. Patrick. And she's in love with Patrick. Patrick. You were just the financial sponsor. Yeah. Okay. Sponsoring the relationship. You're sponsoring the relationship. <laughs> Why? Because Patrick is not like you. He doesn't have an ego. He doesn't mind if his girl was to kiss another guy. She's hey. mine. Hey. She's mine. Mm. Yeah? Mm. You know, when I am Mr. This is your first proper relationship. You thought, I'm going to marry this girl. I'll show mama she doesn't trust my decision making. Now, you've ruined your relationship with your family. But it's not your child. So your parents now see you as this stubborn, uh, difficult, irresponsible, you name it. And you know, when your parents start seeing you a certain way, especially our mothers, they really show it. Eh? Mm. Your father will just keep quiet because he's a man, he understands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 It's okay. So now your life is just a mess. You're going through a season of sifting. And you know what's being sifted out of you? You've been living such a model life all along that there are probably times you looked at others and were like, you could do better. Mm. You could do. So there are things in you that you did not realize needed to come out. It basically exposes things yes. that you were unaware of. The things you were unaware of. Yeah. That's what sifting does. Mm. It exposes the things that have been hidden inside the good. Mm. Other times, it's challenges you had, but they were not that big. Maybe your problem was, oh, you used to watch uh, an episode of porn maybe once every month and, uh, you know, you'd feel so guilty and so terrible and you repent. Father God, I was so wrong. I sinned. And you're reading Psalm 51 and you're crying. Mm -hmm. You're playing Hillsong. Uh, <laughs> uh, if, if it push comes to shove, uh, you play Sonny Badoos. <laughs> My soul says yes. Mm. You know? God, I'm so sorry. And that was you at that time. And this is you at your most repentant. But five years later, you've slept with more than 10 people. In fact, after sex, you even go have a, a shot of whiskey. Hmm. And you cuddle with each other. And you are in a constant state of euphoria. Yes. Is it euphoria though? It's euphoric. It's euphoric. The mm -hmm. feeling is, yeah, chasing after the feeling. You know, sin is pleasurable in that moment. So when you have sex, right, mm. it's pleasurable for that moment and then it's finished and then you're going to want more. Yeah. Same thing with drinking. You mm. love that high that um, the alcohol gives you, right? Yeah. Even getting drunk, 
you just feel free stress and stuff and then you sober up and then you want to go back again and it's like it's like a constant toxic cycle the same thing with like smoking weed like a lot a lot of weed you just don't want to think you just want to numb everything yeah. so it's euphoric in the sense that you want to be in that constant state mm-hmm, of high. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Everybody has their own constant state of high. Yeah. Like the the most commonly one um ones we know, it's smoking weed, it's cigarettes, it's drinking, it's sex mm. and it's and the less common ones I guess it's shopping a lot. Yeah. You know, it depends. It differs with binge watching a TV binge series. Binge watching T V series. Driving at high speeds. You see, <laughs> yes. Or just Going on an, a random adventure. Yeah. And then does it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but the thing with... Uh, true, you're right with the euphoric uh, uh, stuff. There's also the side where you've done this. And you feel so bogged down and so tied up. That the only way to get out of that, you feel, look, I'm already, I'm at my, I might as well just do more. I've messed up already. Might as well. I might as well just. Does do it more. does it lead to a state of empathy? No, not not empathy. Apathy. Yeah, you become very apathetic. Apathetic, like you really don't care what other people will tell you. You don't care. But but you know something that uh, struck me one time was. You know why Christians mess up so much and then when they mess up, it actually becomes a huge problem that messes up their lives? Mm. When they're sinning, they switch off their minds. They switch off their brains. So they sin stupid. (laughs) Please explain what sinning stupid is. (laughs) Okay. When you're going to do something, you know, the Bible tells us whatsoever you do, do it to the best of your abilities, right? So don't be stupid in how you do things. If you're, okay, let me give you an example of fornication. If your struggle is fornication and you know you're fornicating, please use a condom. Use preventative measures if you don't want a child out of wedlock. There are so many things you can do to prevent pregnancy from coming through, Right? So many things out there that people who don't believe in Jesus are doing and using. So if you know I'm doing this anyway, so do it smart. You don't need to sin stupid. Mm. You can sin with wisdom. That don't way. be reckless. Don't be reckless. Use wisdom. Be smart. You know? We're not advocating, by the way. We're not We're advocating just... for sin. We're just but saying. <laughs> just be smart. Be smart. And you know why? Because... You will have a life after this. Mm. This is not the end of your story. You're not going to end here. You're going to get out of this. But everyone's going to get out of the season of sifting at one time or the other. Some faster, some a bit later. Because Jesus will save you. You know? Jesus will save you. So, but when you get out, it's the, the decisions you made. What will condemn you is not the sin, but the way you did the sin. You see, Jesus forgave you of all your sins. You were fornicating. He forgave you for that. You had the child. Now the problem is the child. 
mm. sorry children are not a problem guys i mean i mean i hope you get i mean that the consequences of your action came out why because you seem stupid mm. you that know. is so good yeah yeah you seem stupid god's not going to take away that child because all you had to do was okay fine i'm going through a season of fornication use protection and you are doing the laws of pro- procreation. The, the law, law of procreation It's says. going to produce results. Exactly. And it's not just fornication. It's corruption. Okay, even in corruption. Look, God's mercy is so great that if you do things with wisdom, when you get out of that season, it will be like it never happened. That's how merciful God is. The problem is if you do it stupidly. And you do it stupidly. You are the one who left the evidence. Evidences will be left as to your track record. And then the child has to suffer the repercussions. And the child has to suffer the repercussions. And you have to take responsibility of those things because otherwise now you're creating a bigger problem. Hmm. 20 years later, that child is going to come to your family. Hmm. And your children are going to hate you. Uh, because dad you are preaching this this is how you made us live you, you know you were, you hypocrites yeah yeah for things you did over 20 years ago this too shall pass there is more beyond today there's more beyond the situation don't let yourself get stis for stupid one night stands okay fine you're having one night stands we understand not the best place to be in but you're already doing it we can't stop you. Jesus can. Okay, he's not yet stopped you. That's fine. Use protection. Don't drink when you know you're going to do something like that. You know, Don't take those. Come on. Oh, you're going partying. Really? Don't let your drink be spiked. In other words, just be responsible. Be wise about it. Hmm. Be wise about it. Oh my gosh, you just reminded me. So I went for like an event with a friend of mine. All right. Uh, I think it was two weeks ago. And it was absolutely amazing, right? Mm-hmm. So I met my friend's primary school friend, right? Okay. And then that guy, Rakan Mitsamangant. Sam. Sam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sam asked uh, Jennifer, my friend, mm. code names. Mm. Sam asked Jennifer, so do you drink? Jennifer's like, nah, because she genuinely tried it and she's like, mm, it's not for me. I don't understand why people like it and whatever. Mm. And then Sam asked me, Are, okay, so do you drink? And I'm like, yeah, but once in a while, mm-hmm. right? And then he's like, okay, did you drink now? And I'm like, yeah, I only drank like a can and that's it. Mm. And then he's like, ah, why aren't you drinking to get drunk? And I'm like, I don't see the point of me drinking to get drunk in an environment like this. Mm. I don't know what will happen to me because yeah. I'm a woman. Yeah. So you are a man mm-hmm. and you can get away with so many things. <laughs> but me, I'm downing a six pack or two, two six packs or something. Mm. And then... I don't know. I don't know what drunkenness would do to me. And mm. then, like, what what must happen next? You mm. know what I mean? And then the guy was like, ah, but you shouldn't. But ah, then what is the whole point of you drinking? I'm like, I'm just drinking just in J because it's fine. I don't see any problem with it. Mm. But I see the problem with me getting drunk. Mm. That's where the problem is for me. Mm. But you can do whatever you want. 
But me, I want to get home safe and I want to sleep proper. Yeah. That's it. So, yeah, so that's basically around the lines of what she said, right? Mm-hmm. And her, please explain about the foundation because when you're going through sifting season, it's very important for you to have a foundation, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, explain more. All right, so. One of the things that happens when you're in your sifting season is you begin to live a reality that I call distorted truth. All right? So distorted truth is born from this. You had certain principles. You knew certain realities. Uh, in this case, we'll, we'll take it from the Christian experience. Uh, shout out to all my non-Christian friends out there. God bless you. You'll join us soon enough. <laughs> um, yeah. You had your principles, things that were non-negotiables. But because of what is happening in your life right now, they are now permissible to a certain extent. And if what was happening keeps on happening, eventually they become a, they become a living reality. So they no longer become a distorted truth, but they become your present-day living reality. Uh, let me give you an example. So suppose your principle was this. As a person, I will never smoke. I will never do drugs. I will never do things that will put me in those kind of compromising situations. Find yourself in a season of sifting. They often start during tertiary as well, these seasons of sifting. eh? Uh, You find yourself there. And now all of a sudden, you smoke. But you know, no, guys. I only smoke weed. Weed is healthy. Distorted truth. Weed is good. It helps me think better. I pass more when I've smoked weed than when I haven't. In fact, weed helps me sleep at night. I'm battling with my demons. Weed just increases my creative abilities. What happened to the you who said, I'll never smoke? Hmm. Right? So... Now, all of a sudden, and then as life keeps on going on, you've moved from weed to cocaine to meth to... Apparently, there's this drug in town. It's called Katsi. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> 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 cat. Yeah, so now you're doing cat and all those things. And not only are you doing this, you're also evangelizing and you know people in sifting seasons are very good evangelists eh? Mm. yeah not gospel but into what they're doing Mm. so you're inviting others into this and you know it's funny because when we're doing bad things it's so easy to invite others to join us very easy yeah but when we're doing good things somehow we think oh they oh they really Mm. but why is it when you're doing bad things it's so easy Mm. you know it's funny but anyway so how does this all tie how does all this tie into foundation I have a proposition. Before before life begins, it's built on something, right? That's what your foundation is. Before a house is built, you get your foundation. And you know, you can burn the house down, you can destroy it, anything. But the foundation will always remain standing. But you can never build beyond what the foundation allows. And the truth of the matter is you don't have many opportunities to set your foundation. 
you have very few opportunities to set your foundation. So my proposition is this. As a young person, or as, as a person in whatever stage of life you're at, instead of rushing to mess up, instead of rushing to do all these amazing or bad or whatever you call them things out there, why don't you just live your life the right way? Until you're done with your degree, if it's sex that you want, just wait. It won't finish. It won't. <laughs> <laughs> you found it, you will leave it, you know. If it's drinking, if it's smoking, you know, you've just started a new job. When you go to office, your boss doesn't need to know that you, you can down 20 drinks in a night. That's going to ruin your, your, reputation your reputation in the company. Yeah. So what you do is you build a firm foundation. You, and, and build it as big as you can, as sturdy as you can. In other words, do all the right things that, are, that your future you will be grateful for now. Mm. Right? So when your future you looks at you, they're going to be like, thank you for what you did. So study, get your degree. If you if you if you wanna be called Doctor So and So, get your PhD. There's more time in life. You'd only live once, but you best live your life the best way you can. Mm. So, you know, a double story house cannot be built on a one story foundation. Mm. And you know why, thirteen year old, you had so many crazy dreams? Mm. Because that was the best time to build your foundation. All those crazy dreams. Because we all know when you're a teenager, there's so many distractions. But there are not mm. as many as when you're in your 20s. Mm. There are not as many as when you're in your 30s. There are definitely not as many as when you're in your 40s. Listen, the intensity just keeps on increasing as you as get you older. older yeah. So when you're a teenager, it's not so overwhelming. You've got somewhere to hide. You've got somewhere to run to. So... My, adv my advice is, you know what, just take, put your best effort into building your best foundation so that your life tomorrow will be happy for the you you were. Hmm. If you want to mess up, mess up later. Not now. Not now. And build your foundation in such a way that uh, when you mess up, because when you mess up and you've built your foundation right, you can always come back. You can always bounce back. The problem is when you mess up and you had no foundation. You are finished. <laughs> if your foundation was messing up, you're screwed. Mm. Because what are you going to build on top of that? Okay, let me give you an example. Say you are maybe 16 years old, you're in school, uh, and you're a druggie, and you're selling drugs in school. Mm. The money is coming in. Trust me, you make more money when you're in your 20s than when you're a 16-year-old. You don't know anything about money now. Mm. You really don't. What you think 5,000 is, it's not. 5,000 is not a lot of money. But at that time, you think 5,000 is a huge amount of money. But the activity you're doing, that's selling drugs, is going to get you in prison. And you're going to be arrested for, what, 15 years? And you come out, what and now? it's going to be on your permanent record. It's going to be on your permanent record. You can't travel to another country without them knowing that you did this. Hmm. So the price is too great for the action. You messed up. But suppose, let's say, uh, you were 25. You've got your, your, your degree, you, you know, you've got your work experience down, and you decide to start selling drugs. You've already finished with your academic stuff. You've already set a firm foundation. Your mind is already wise. And you're selling your drugs, and they catch you. 
you will come out 15 years later. However, the effect won't be as bad as if you were caught when you were 16. Hmm. The power of a firm pride foundation. You know, we're talking about bad things because it's a season of sifting that we're dealing with. In the season of sifting, bad things happen a lot. So, and people make a lot of mistakes in the seasons of sifting. And you know what? When you're going through something like that, it's not because God hates you. But it's because God in his infinite love is allowing you to grow out of your weaknesses and into a better version of yourself, better strengths. God loves a broken and contrite heart. You know, he loves people who notice, hey, yeah, nah, I'm a mess. Mm. You know, the minute you can acknowledge you're a mess. That's when healing starts. Yeah. Yeah. That's the best place. Don't worry. This is not the last time you'll be a mess. You'll be a mess when you're in your 30s. You'll be a mess when you're in your 40s. Just the different things with different avenues. You know, I remember I came across a story where there was a couple. Uh, they got married. These guys are Christians. Amazing, amazing people. Absolutely amazing. They, you know, they, they, they did everything the right way. And they get married. And all of a sudden, they realize five years into their marriage, now they're in their 30s, the man was, what, around uh, 33, the woman was around 30. And suddenly they realize, hey. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm bored. Yeah, <laughs> I'm bored. Mm-hmm. A man had just received a promotion. He had become a manager at work. And his secretary, yo, my goodness. The baby cat. Yo. And you know, hey, these young women, they really know what they're doing. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And the secretary is enticing him in ways that his wife is not. Not that his wife was innocent as well. She's at work, you know. You know, married women have this certain attraction about them that guys in the office seem, especially young married women. Mm. Yeah. So these guys in the office are just looking at her. My God, I want to smash someone's wife. And they're giving her all this attention. They're buying her all these things that her husband is not doing. Yeah. Remember, he's her husband. They're, they're looking to build a future together. So he's out of the wooing stage into the building stage. Mm. right? And now his wife is just giving him the cold shoulder. Why? She's getting attention from guys out there. He feels this woman, she's so stubborn. She's so difficult. She's this secretary is so obedient. Hey, she needs the job. <laughs> So he feels his secretary makes a better choice. So he sleeps with the secretary. His wife feels he doesn't care about me anymore. He doesn't love me anymore. So she sleeps with the office guys. Perfect before. They messed up now. Hmm. That's the season of sifting. Hmm. And you know, most of the time you fall into your season of sifting because of pains of the heart. Bitterness, anxiety, hatred, rejection unforgiveness these are things that lead you into your season of sifting but there's hope because this is not the end of your story you're going to get out of this and when you come out yes you'll have lost a few pieces of skin here and there yes there will be marks but if you're wise about it uh, the number of marks may be less and some people may never even know that you were going through that thing You know, if you're feeling suicidal, uh, 
you know it's bound to happen that everyone will feel suicidal at no, one, one point. point in their yeah. lives yeah very true it's bound to happen mm. cuz <laughs> truth be told no one likes being in problems eh? mm. and problems are very heavy and there are problems because you really can't see how to get out of them yeah that's why we call them problems cuz it's just so heavy and you don't know how I'm going to get out of this it's okay and you know even when you feel suicidal don't beat yourself up about it think about it really why do i feel this way of course when you're in that state you really won't be asking yourself these questions mm. you just be wanting oh, to take you your life you just just die but, dig a hole mm-hmm. <laughs> crawl into it <laughs> you know and bury yourself yeah. jump off a building oh at cliff at cliff yeah but you know what here here's a bit of advice for you since you feel your life is useless to you then why don't you live it for someone else mm I get it doesn't work for you. Then let it work for someone else. Okay, you want to kill yourself because you feel you're useless, you're worthless. Then give it to Jesus. Might as well. You might as well. You know what I'm saying? Okay, maybe you're a Christian and you feel your life is worthless. My friend, go and evangelize. Preach the gospel. Come and minister. Share the truth with someone. Tell someone your story. Use your life for someone else. And you know most of the time we get to that place of suicide because we're living for ourselves. It's very true. Mm. But the minute you live for others, you know my dad had says this profound thing. He says no one lives for themselves. You don't belong to yourself. Think about it this way. What would your life look like if one of your parents was to die? Yeah. See, that shows you you don't live for yourself. Yeah. Now, but you never ask yourself what would their lives look like if I wasn't yeah, there. Yeah. Or maybe you have asked yourself and all you've seen is the negative picture, but that's because you want to kill yourself. If you were to really see what they would look like when you were not there. First of all, you are broke. So, who do you want to go and buy a casket for you? Mm. You know? So, you might as well live your life for others. There are people in worse situations than you and uh, you're in a better place with better resources. I'm not saying it's you are wrong to want to kill yourself. I don't know what you're going through. But you are worth so much more than one small instance of death. You can do so much more with your life and you can go down in history as a great mark. Most of the great people we look up to had moments when they were very down. Look at Gandhi. Everyone celebrates Gandhi, but people don't know his story. He had his moments of downness, you know. We look at Muhammad Ali. <laughs> Nelson Mandela. Nelson Mandela. Mm. Listen, even Robert Mugabe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was in prison for how many years? Mm. It looked like there was nothing left of life. But there's always a tomorrow. Just because you're down today doesn't mean you'll be down tomorrow. That's very true. Happy yeah. having going through tough um seasons in your life. Thought that it really does prevent you from seeing what's ahead. Yeah. You're yes. too focused on what's going on around you to the point where you're like, "Ah, might as well. It's over." But mm. the truth is it isn't. It isn't. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So what are the last question? Okay. All right? Mm. So how how would you know 
uh, that you are coming out of the sifting season? Like, what are the characteristics? What are the factors All that right. you can see? Okay, I'm actually coming out of this because one, two, three, four, five, six is happening. Okay. Mm. All right. So here's here's. Remember, we talked about how you moved from principles to distorted truth to perversion. Mm. The cycle begins to reverse. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, you're moving from perver- Let's take a look at Peter's story, right? Jesus has been crucified. Peter and the apostles have locked themselves up in a room. Uh, and suddenly, you know, uh, they hear the story. He's alive! No way, it's a lie. What happens? Peter and John, they run out. Where are they going? To the tomb. Mm. So... What happens is there's always there's always something that comes that's mind-blowing. That just, boom. It's like a morning bell. It knocks into your mind. And you run out. You run out. I'll give you an example to, 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 to kind of make this relatable. So Peter runs out. He goes to the grave. He doesn't see Jesus there. He doesn't. So it looks like, what? But he sees an angel. In other words, you begin to see hope. You begin to see hope. And you know what? Peter sees Jesus when he's now fishing. He's given up. He's gone back to his normal business. So what happened was, after seeing that semblance of hope, all of a sudden he's back to a form of stability. Because when you're going through a season of sifting, there is no stability in your life. The only stability is problems and pain. <laughs> problems is problems you either cause yourself or problems that just come to you. Yeah. 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 So all of a sudden, and and the important thing is, Peter found something he was doing. He went back to what he was doing. He went back to what he was doing. And Jesus calls him from there. He's like, yo, come here. And notice he's one of the first people to run to Jesus. Come here, Mtanam. Come, come here. here. <laughs> and Jesus restores him. And so one of the things you begin to notice when you're going out of your season of sifting, you begin to have clarity. You're able to tell, okay, no, I don't need this. I don't need that. All of a sudden, you no longer want to do those things. Not that you stop suddenly, but... The desire just dies. Yeah, it starts to die out. Mm. And you know, because... And, and suppose you're a child of God, you're a Christian. Trust me. If you were a master fornicator, fornication will begin to bore you. How about a master fornicator? Can't you see that? pizza. Okay, let's know like, this. Wow. Maybe that will step on people's toes, okay? Wow. Okay. If you're a master alcoholic, chronic drinker, bevist, uh-uh. morphine, yo. <laughs> yeah. If you're a master, a master drinker, you know, all of a sudden, you just won't like the taste of alcohol. Just, 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 Jay, you don't like the taste. Or or you just suddenly come to yourself. You come to... And you know what? I don't like this anymore. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. 
another thing you'll notice is you begin to get a sense of stability in your life. You begin to get a sense of stability. What do I mean by stability? All of a sudden, your, your goals, your dreams, your aspirations, you begin to think of them again. You begin to get out of the blame game and into the action game. Now you want to actually take progressive steps towards an expected end. Your vision becomes clear. You begin to aspire again. You begin to dream again. And you begin to work towards those dreams. And in this, opportunities begin to come again. Opportunities begin to come again. You know, you begin to get calls. You begin to get job opportunities if it was for jobs. You begin to get tenders if it was for tenders. Opportunities come. I look at it like... uh... Sifting season is you going through the the winter season. Yeah. Yeah. All that was dead has come back to yeah. life now. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's spring. It's spring. Yeah. But but you know something just just the caveat there. You're right. Your spring you're coming into spring from winter. However, one of the things we forget is some of the trees that died in winter will never come alive again. But there are shoots that come up in their place. Mm. So you might not get what you lost, but you will get something. Mm. You Something will come alive. Some you may have to nurture from the very beginning, but they will definitely be more than what died. That's good. Yeah. yeah. They'll be more than what died. And that's the beautiful thing about a sifting season. It's a painful time, but you're going to get out of there better. Maybe your sifting season is probably because you're failing so much at school, you know. You were, you were this genius who got four A stars or even five or six. And now, eh, kosi isi akapura pura. Yeah, yeah. But somehow, somewhere, it may not necessarily be that same degree that you graduate from. You may even go and do a different degree and graduate from it. And you know, there's this guy on Facebook. He's called Albakun. His story is all over the place. That guy, if you go check his page, he was going through a, a terrible time. He didn't do well in his Form 5. I mean, I, I'm inspired by that jam, jam, gentleman's story. Right now, he's doing his, MS, his MBA. Wow. He's doing an MBA. This chap failed Form 5. He, he was down in the dumps for one year. Now, he completed his degree. He's doing an MBA now. And wow. his goal is to be Dr. Albaque. You oh. know, he, he follows up cases of social abuse on, on Facebook, so on and so forth. You know, there was, there was a time some gentleman had posted Standard 7 Girls and they were writing. He's the guy, he took that to the police and that case was dealt with. He's literally risen from the ashes. Yeah. Yeah. So you will rise as well. Mm. So that there's people around us, all you have to, and you know, when you're in your sifting season, you really are not able to recognize others who've been able to come out of it. But when you're out, you're like, why didn't I see that? So one of the prayers you need to pray when you're actually down in the dumps, God, help me to see the truth. Mm. Help me to see the truth. Even though I may not be able to live it, but at least help me to see it. You know, help me to see the truth. Because then the scales fall off and you begin to realize it's not so, it's not as bad as I thought it was. And don't worry, God will actually perfect you. 
uh, I don't, well, we've run out of time, but there's, there's this thing called the dark night of the soul. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about that privately, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so everyone's going to go through a painful period in their life, but your pain is determined by what you think is pain. If you think being broke is painful, don't worry. Your sifting season will include being broke. <laughs> because yeah. it needs to be something that moves you. Mm. So it gets you out of your comfort zone. But you're going to get out of it. And, uh, you know, your glow is going to come. Oh, you're going to glow. Oh, honey, when you get out, you're going to glow. Mm. You're going to glow. You'll be like the prodigal son. And people are going to forget that once upon a time you were yeah. out here in these streets. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, a good example of someone who also went through the sifting season is the prodigal son. That's a perfect story, yeah. actually. And it's beautiful how the father still embraced his son. He's like, exactly. look, look, I understand. I saw you. It's okay. Mm. You're home. Yeah. Mm. Now, the reality is most humans are not going to be like the father. They're going to be like the big brother. Yeah. They're going to hate you. They, they're not going to like the fact that you are back. But you are back. And you'll be, and you'll be given your authority. You'll be given your standing. And you're going to be covered. That shame that you were going through, it's going to be covered. Because that's what the blood of Jesus does. It washes you clean. And you know, God allows you to... Listen, Peter is one of the greatest apostles that we know. Mm. But he's out of the twelve. Judas never denied Jesus. Judas is dead. Mm. But Peter's alive. Peter's the one who denied Jesus. Judas only betrayed Jesus. He only sold him. But he still knew him as Lord and God. And you know, Judas was so remorseful, he even threw the coins back before Jesus was crucified. Mm. But Peter told the crowds. No one knew. People didn't know. Only the people in higher colons knew that Judas betrayed Jesus. But everyone knew Peter says Jesus is not... Everyone knew Peter's story, but God covered him up and the church was built on Peter's shoulders. And that's what God does when you're going through a season of sifting. And that's why it's so important that when you're going through those tough times, know that tomorrow you will be standing where that dream you were given is going to be. It does, you were given a prophecy. Don't worry. It's going to come to pass. Maybe not now, but it will come to pass. You won't die without it happening. You know, I mean, like uh, Abraham didn't die before. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Came and he was like a hundred or something. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and and God will give you time to actually enjoy the fulfillment of His promise. Hmm. Abraham died when he was a hundred and seventy-five, hmm. so he had seventy-five years to enjoy his time with Isaac. God will actually give you the opportunity to enjoy that blessing. It may come at a time you didn't want, but you're going to enjoy it. Mm. You are going to enjoy it a lot. All of us have instances in our lives where things came when we felt we no longer needed them. But they became such a huge normal part of our lives that we couldn't do without them, even though we felt we no longer needed them. You know, uh, maybe you wanted a certain pair of shoes when you were 15, but now you can afford to buy yourself 20 pairs of those same shoes. Yeah. The sifting season will end. That time of being refined will end. And you're going to come out as pure as gold. And if you feel it's not ending, just ask God for help. He says, when you're down in the dumps, call out to me and I'm going to save you. 
That's Jesus for you. He loves you so much. You give him the chance and he'll take you further than your wildest dreams could ever lead you. And maybe you're giving up on him because don't worry, it's okay. You'll come back. God never gives up on his people. Maybe, you know, you've been a firm believer in Jesus and your life is just messed up. In fact, you've gone to several traditional doctors. Don't worry. He will forgive you. He's going to clean you up for and himself. And he's going to restore you. Yeah. He will restore you. Mm. This is not the end of your story. You're going to get out of there much more beautiful. And you'll move from perversion back to principles. The things that you believed, you're going to get more insight, more wisdom on those things. And you're going to be able to teach people Your better. Your life is like an open book. Exactly. Hmm. Exactly. Hence, going back to what your father said, your life is not your own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, this concludes. Wow! Wow! Yeah, I felt that. I <laughs> Woo! Guys, I know I'm blessed. Hey, to have somebody this wise. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. From yeah. now on, guys, we're going to do more talks like this, but it will be like faith talks, though. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, I just feel like, like I will keep on saying this community that I'm trying to build <laughs> that will grow eventually. Uh, we are out here spreading light and love through connection through mm-hmm. conversation it's yeah conversation is what heals us as people yeah. it's how we connect as people mm-hmm. and it's how we just love on each other you know and yeah so that's that's basically it and last word of advice you have for somebody currently going through this shift this shifting season like like what is one thing that you want to leave behind, like just a word of encouragement. This is not the end of your story. That's it. You may hate yourself right now for what you're doing and what you're going through, but this is not the final version of you. Tomorrow, you will look back on today and you will see that actually, you know what? It wasn't so bad after all. God, thank you I went through that. And thank you that I'm now standing. Because God is faithful. However, be wise. Don't be stupid. <laughs> Don't be stupid. <laughs> anyway, alright. Um, Enjoy your day, guys. Thank you for tuning in. And I really hope that this um, episode blessed you the way it blessed me. I learned a whole whole lot i already knew about the sifting season but you already opened up my eyes didn't really know much about um laying a foundation i only know like the basic knowledge with laying foundation as a christian and whatever but i learned a lot basically i just learned a lot and i hope that you did and i hope it shined light and opened up your eyes and you know like you're not alone everybody is going through a bad time i don't know how many people that i know right now in their late 20s or early 20s that are just going through um like a roller coaster of confusion everybody is like literally your 20s is a time where you're just going through the most and you're learning a lot about yourself and it's okay like oh my gosh my beautiful friend 
uh, my beautiful friend once told me I was complaining about something that I was going through, and then she was like, "Did you give yourself grace? Forgive yourself, and you're learning. You're basically learning. Everybody is struggling out here. You're not the only one who's struggling. So give yourself grace as you are going through this, because you will come out of it." Right, so you will come out of it, just like what Tua said. You will come out of it. Just be wise, please, please, please. Do us a favor. <laughs> be wise. <laughs> Wisdom will save you, <laughs> literally. Anyway, um, so the next faith talk we're going to have Tua is about forgiveness, Wonderful. forgiving people who have hurt you, and forgiving mm. yourself. My goodness, I feel a lot of hearts jumping right now. Because <laughs> it's, it's a very, very important topic to, to talk about, especially as a, young, um, as a young adult in your 20s. Because the, the, the topics that I want us to talk about is centered around us, oh, yeah, young yeah, people, what yeah. we're currently going, going through, through, especially in with romantic relationships My and goodness. friendships. Yeah, so <laughs> so that's what we're gonna talk about in the next faith talk. Awesome. All right, awesome. all right. Yes, guys, thank you for joining, and I love you lots. Hila, one hour. Yeah, no, guys, you're going to enjoy this episode. Don't worry. Thought <laughs> <laughs> that you have enjoyed it. If you reach the end, then you've enjoyed it. Yeah. But anyway, thank you guys for tuning in. Love you lots. Bye.